On episode 51 of DevTalk, I speak to Hussein Abbasi about being a mobile developer. Welcome to another episode of DevTalk. My name is Kerry Lothrop, and today's guest is Hussein Abbasi. Hussein is head of technology at Chai One and founder of IntelliAB, that's ABB, and he's based in Houston, Texas, and I'm really happy to have him on the show. Hello, Hussein. Hello, Lothrop. Good to be here. You are a member of the Xamarin community. That's probably where, where most of the listeners know you from. You were also a speaker at the recent Xam Expert Day, where, where I was a organizer of the conference. Thank you for speaking there. That was also very interesting. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. You do a lot of community work. Can you can you say what you what you're up to? What what are you working on? Absolutely. So um besides doing my, my blog that I actually I'll admit I haven't been doing a lot of lately. Uh, I've been busy ever since I got hooked on streaming, uh, working on working on stream and working on live code and whatnot. But yeah, I've uh, I've been working on the segments control for the the Xamarin Community Toolkit. Uh, that's kind of my baby for now because uh, uh, a while ago I was talking to someone from the Xamarin team and then they were like, "Hey, uh, we we want you to do more contribution to the actual library." So I kind of took it as a challenge to say, "Okay, well, let me let me see what I can do and, and let me see if I can do something big." So I started working on the segmented control. Uh, that was around the same time we had uh, the Zam Dev Summit here in Houston in 2019. So, for those of you who were here, right, remember. <laughs> so I started working on that control, and soon I was when when I was almost done with the Android part, the iOS 13 came out and I changed it all up. So I started to like you know work on it on and off. So now we are moving it to Xamarin Community Toolkit. So I've been working there. So that's that's kind of my main. Thing on on that front right now that I'm working on, besides my own little library, I have the the Xamarin Control library I have on NuGet that has a bunch of these controls that I built a while ago for my other projects, and they've just been uh, coming in handy. So like I think I have a couple of controls in there that I'm working on. So other than that, um, that's that's uh, that's my main that's my main thing for Xamarin at this point. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into mobile development or Xamarin development? Ah, sure. So um, back in 2000 and something, <laughs> I was working on, I got my hand on um, my hands on a, on a Windows CE device. So I was playing around with it and I was, I was just intrigued. I'm like, I need to, I need to see how I can build this, right? I was in college getting my computer science degree and working in like, you know, apps and web and all these things. So I started working with that. I started, like I downloaded the SDK, I started to play around. Uh, and then in 2009, I actually worked on the, my first iOS app with the group. And uh, in my, we had a three or four people team. And uh, we built an app for students who are new to the campus here at mm-hmm. the University of Houston. Okay. To be able to use the their io their iPhones and this is this is back in iOS 3.0 days so it's like a long time ago yeah so being able to actually navigate the campus offline so what we did is we built an app that had offline maps right and mm-hmm. this is before Google even had uh, offline maps capabilities so we built an app I worked on the mapping portion of it where you could uh, like get direction between two buildings, get the walkway to cafeteria, 
Uh, we had bus routes, all that fancy schmancy thing. So the app was actually pretty good. We were in the local news. Uh, we got awards for it from student groups. Like it was a really good, <laughs> really good year to graduate. Well, so cool. That was like soon after that I graduated. So that kind of mm-hmm. brought me uh, closer to to mobile. And one of the things I love working in mobile was like the ability to be able to not just work on something that you would actually use in day to day, but other people can use and benefit from too, right? So I just love that fact that, okay, I can build something that people can use today, right? Or use it in their hand and then give me feedback and, you know, benefit from what I built. So yeah, that was like yeah. my, <laughs> that was like my instant gratification fix that, hey, I can build something and put it in your hand and you can use it and like, you know, the world will be good. So when I graduated, uh, I ended up working more t- in the data field and more towards web apps and all. Um, but I really wanted to continue working on mobile. So I kept working on uh, mobile side. I actually, one of my apps that I built for Windows Phone, oh, I loved Windows Phones, by the way. <laughs> I built two versions of the app on Windows, uh, and then I brought it over to Android. This was Windows Phone 7 or 8? 8. It was actually started off Windows Phone 7, and then I ported mm-hmm. it over to 8. Okay. Uh, so all the good stuff, right? I got to use Visual Studio. I used Blend for my transitions and animations. Uh, I had grid views. I mean, you name it. It was it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I was also not very happy when it went away, but in any case. <laughs> so I moved You're that not over. The, not the first guest on this show that said that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was one of those things where you were like, this is so crazy. This is so different. And he's so good. Like, I I, I would never go back to anything else. <laughs> and that didn't happen, right? So I actually, uh, I, I started off with an iOS. I had an iPhone 2, iPhone 3, and then 3G or 3GS. And that's where I dropped off. That's where I switched over to Android and, and kind of never looked back. Um, so I was very disappointed when Windows Phone didn't make it, you know, Whatever the reason is, Google didn't open their API. They didn't give the you know uh, Google Play Store APIs and all that stuff. Whatever the reason is, it was it was disappointing. Mm-hmm. But in any case, so I then again got into Android, uh, which was a lot of fun. I actually got hooked into Android way more than I I enjoyed working on iOS at the time because I was working Objective C. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, yeah. I went into Android and I just loved it from there. So then I started working for uh, Capgemini uh, as a consultant and. So I got I got a chance to work on a lot of mobile apps there. So I worked in Android a lot. I worked in uh, iOS and Swift for the most part, and I kept pushing Xamarin. Right. So when Xamarin, uh, this is back in two thousand and I think fourteen, fourteen was it something like this where I really got into Xamarin. I was like, hey, uh, I've been playing around with this technology. It's really good. It is a C sharp .NET based, so I can only see it get better. And I used to tell people, you know, eventually Microsoft will buy it. It doesn't make sense for them not to buy it, right? And, and I used to joke yeah, about yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I kept pushing Xamarin at my at my at my team, and I got I did a lot of. And this is like before there were any tutorial. There before there was Xamarin University. Or like you know, well maybe there was there, but before I knew about it, let me just say that. So I did uh, my own POCs, and I shared it with the team. I did, you know inter uh, team inter unit like you know between the company internal trainings on Xamarin and then eventually like you know we started to see some Xamarin work come towards us and as soon as it came our, our way they were like well 
we have this one crazy guy in Houston. He keeps talking about it. So let's bring him on. So <laughs> I actually got to travel uh, to work on Xamarin projects. And like from that point on, it was all, you know, I was the Xamarin guy. I actually got uh, my my uh, my certification when there were about 300 folks globally, apparently. And that's what I was told because I was part of the group. That there yeah. were only 300 and some folks who were globally certified. So I, w- I was very, you know, I felt privileged to be you know, certified and like, you know, all that. And, and I had a lot of fun doing all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. um, from that point on, it was all, I got to do more Xamarin work. I got to do more mobile work. I kind of stepped away from doing a lot of desktop work or even web work. So I've been doing a lot, you know, like a lot of mobile things ever since. And uh, in, in 2016, matter of fact, when we had the last Evolve conference, um, we got we got with Xamarin team, uh, and then we worked with folks to build a Xamarin Android app that we put on the little zebra scanners that the vendors were using on the floor. So that was that was actually very weird when I got the call that hey we have an opportunity with Xamarin and they want us to build this app. Would you be able to do it? Cool. And I was like, are you are you kidding me? I mean, yes, I will definitely be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I built the app, uh, worked with the Xamarin team to build the app where we we had these zebra scanners that you can scan the badge and get the information, like, you know, who stopped by your booth and what that, whatnot. So it was a lot of fun. I actually got to go to that conference. So, uh, and, and of course, I, I'll never forget it. It was a lot of fun. The conference itself was a lot of fun. Uh, I sat in my first prism library uh, session uh, by brian and i just got uh-huh. hooked i asked him uh, some questions so if you watch the recording you will hear my my voice there too <laughs> i asked him a few questions and then i was like man this thing is pretty good i, I mean it does a lot of things i wanted to do so i was i was working on a project at the moment so i went back and i told the guys i'm like hey remember i talked about prism so yeah i just heard more things coming out you know in the next version and then it, it was fun i think it was prism six at the moment I forgot what it was. Uh, then we got to go to the Harry back, Potter yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, so so it was, was, it was nice, a lot yeah. of fun. <laughs> so um, that was that was I, I missed that kind of conference, you know, where you're actually able to see people from all over the world in one place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I met a lot of friends in, in that evolve, and then I met a lot of those people at the the Dev Summit in 2019. So yeah, uh, from from that yeah. point on, like I mentioned, it was all like my main focus stayed on mobile. Um, and that's what I'm doing right now with the company I'm with. I started as a head of mobile uh, last year where I was doing a, like, a lot of mobile strategy where we are headed with mobile. And, and we are uh, at Chai One, we are actually Apple partner. So we do a lot of their enterprise customers as well. So then we say, well, we, we also will do, you know, some cross-platform technology. So that's where I came in to bring in some, uh, so some strategy stuff to, to our mobile journey or the mobile roadmap. Is that is that mo- mostly apps for use in the enterprise world, or do you have end user apps also? So we do both. When we get uh, when we get these contracts through Apple, they are usually geared towards more like enterprise and you know industrial customers because we do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, like industrial manufacturing, you know, nuclear, <laughs> you name it. So we have a lot of those as well where they want to move their customers over to like Swift platform, right? So they want everything to be Swift and their iPhones, yeah. their backend and everything else. So 
they do a lot of that. And uh, some of our customers actually are, are B2C. So they have their, we are building apps for them that their customers in the wild are using. Right. So it's a, it's a mix of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a distinction between that is, is the part I'm curious about is that, that, you know, on the one hand, you have people who are being paid to use your apps. And then you have people who are voluntarily using your app for what, because they think it's cool or, mm-hmm. or because they, it has some value to them. And it's, it, it's a different ball game, basically. Um, those two worlds basically yeah although it's the yeah. same technology yeah one one is hey if you want to do your job <laughs> you use the app and do your job the second one yeah. is i can delete this you know if i don't like it right yeah and that you know the tolerance uh for like mistakes in the app or bad usability is different depending on which group you are <laughs> yeah and, and and i'll tell you i was part of the team that built um uh, I built the app for our Houston's toll roads where mm-hmm. we actually had two different business needs. And after much deliberation, they came back and said, well, for us, it makes sense to have two apps instead of one. So um, we built we built one first and then uh, we built the second one. And we got and, and we got all the feedback that we were expecting, right? Because people will try to use this app to do their normal day to day and they will get kicked out because this is not geared towards them so it took a little while and then we anticipated you know the feedback so then we ended up building two apps for them and then now the customers are you know happy because they have what they need and mm-hmm. they also have something that they may need you know at a, at, a, at a different pace so and those apps are all you know customer facing so the fun okay. part working there is you get real feedback you monitor your you know reviews in the app stores you monitor your usage in you know app center for instance and you see who's downloading it uh like you know how often they're using it what page they're on and then we build strategies around that too by the way you know that hey it seems like people are using you know this route more than the other one so maybe it's time for us to like rethink some of these you know user flows and user journeys in the app so so it's a lot of fun to work on customer facing apps yeah okay so but you you don't have any apps that you publish by yourself I, is, I do. is that all, all work consulting work or, or or work for other companies uh most of it is for customers but i do have personal apps that are out there in the store so okay. i actually mm-hmm. currently have uh do, 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 f- about six apps in the stores and they they are like i think Three different apps, but they're built and deployed multiple times. One is iOS, one is Android. Uh, one of them is Xamarin. It's, it's funny because I only have one app that's an actual true Xamarin Forms app that's in the market. Everything else is native. Mm-hmm. And I kind of do that because I love working in native. Right, may, Working in native, may, I, I feel like for me to be a good cross-platform developer, I should be a good native developer. <laughs> yeah, but, so, but you're talking about the this is writing in C-sharp, but native APIs? Or are you talking about writing in Swift and Kotlin? No, I what, I'm, I'm, I mean native-native. So I'm, I'm, native, I have okay. my, uh-huh. two of my apps are in Android. Uh, two of them are in Swift. I yeah. know Objective-C for my personal project, sorry. Mm-hmm. I do Swift and That's fine. I have yeah. Java. <laughs> and I just did a, I just finished an app for one of our clients in Kotlin. Uh, where I'm actually thinking about uh, converting one of my old apps from Java to Kotlin, 
mm-hmm. just because it's so much nicer and cleaner and and less verbose than Java. But yeah, I, I do native native just to make sure that I'm you know uh, keeping up with, with the native world as well. But yeah, they're not but- they're not uh, they're not like Xamarin native because I personally don't haven't come across any customer or a need to to build a Xamarin native app just yet. Yeah, well, in the olden days when there was no forms, mm-hmm. you know, all the Xamarin apps <laughs> were, were what we now call Xamarin native. Yeah, uh, but but as someone who has worked in in like native native and in cross platform technology, how, how do you decide which technology to use? If you if you know, and you, this is from somebody like you who's gone deep into the technology, you know how to code. A lot of technologies. How do you choose which one to use? Good question. So a lot of times, uh, when the customers come to us, or someone like can ask me, "How would you build this, and and why?" Um, I know the cliche answer is, "Well, it depends what you're trying to do." But for me, a lot of time the question is like, "What are you trying to build, and who's going to take it over?" Right. And uh, what are you planning on using uh, in terms of features? Are you planning on offering different set of features to one platform versus the other? Are you planning on releasing one before the other for for some reasons? Or are your screens going to look the same? Are they going to function the same? Uh, Like, what are you planning on doing? Are you planning on hiring an iOS team or an Android team? Uh, Do you have a budget to do so? So those kind of questions... Like when they when you hear answers from the user, uh, you start to like you know draw parallels and you're like okay well yeah you can build this in iOS and yeah you can build this in in Android, but like you know here are the pros and cons and when you look at it if the experience is going to be very similar, and you're not offering anything special to one or the other, uh, then the case for native becomes really hard, right? Yeah. Because yeah. like you know okay I can build you an iOS app that does three things and I can build you an Android app that does three things, but then what, right? Um, And Mm -hmm. and a lot of times, like, you know, the customers who want a native app, they have a good reason behind it, right? So they may come to us and say, well, we're only running this on iPads uh, and we only want to build this for iPad and we're not considering any other platform at this point, right? Or at any point, because these are company-issues devices and they will always be iPad and they will never be any Android tablet and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but we do see a mobile app that could be an Android as a BYOD program, right? So yeah, yeah. at that point, we say, okay, well, that means we are building two apps where one is dedicated for your iPads and one is the other one. And if they have, you know, the budget and if they have team structure where they have iOS teams, then, you know, that's that's fine. But a lot of times yeah. that's not the case, right? Especially for our customers. So personal is a different story, but for customers, uh, they are looking for, they're in that main traditional mindset. Like we have a quote unquote IT department, and then we have a <laughs> development shop. And I want the development shop to be able to do all of this. So like that's normally what drives, well, I think you are looking for a cross-platform. Now, even with cross-platform, it's not as straightforward, right? That, well, if you're going to share between things, just close your eyes and go cross-platform because with that comes, you know, it's its own challenges of which one. 
Yeah. Are, are you going to go Xamarin? Are you going to go React Native? Are you going to go Flutter? Because everybody keeps talking about Flutter. What's going on with Flutter? It must be really good because it's from Google. So then you start to have more detailed conversation that, okay, well, here's here's the thing. If you are a .NET shop, you will, you know, naturally gravitate towards Xamarin because your folks know C Sharp. They can, you know, learn quickly and they can manage that piece of code. But if your folks are all uh, web developers, JavaScript developers, they're not going to learn C Sharp to do Xamarin, right? They're not going. They may be able to. They may be willing to learn something else that is very closer to what they do today. So they will naturally gravitate towards React Native. So then, then the conversation goes from okay. If you do React Native or Xamarin or Flutter, can you build it? Can you deploy it to your existing tool chain? So if you are using DevOps, for instance, do you have pipelines built to build a .NET project or a React Native project or a Dart project? If you don't, can you can you train your folks to be able to build those pipelines? So the conversation mm-hmm. they can like you know it's one thing after the other, and the more you talk it out. The more, like you know, like I said, like the path becomes clear that okay, they have a team of four web developers. They're not gonna budge from using JavaScript. So for them, the ideal situation is React Native, right? So I and, and I and I joke about this last year <laughs> when when Maui was announced. I was like, yay! And I was like, wait, wait a minute. I've been spending a lot of time talking to my customer about Xamarin, quote unquote, Xamarin versus React Native. Uh, and then I always like I, I I like to not I like people to not think of this versus that because they're always looking for like you know a, a biased answer they're always looking for what they want to hear which is what I already know I want that to be the winner so the conversation goes you know in, in the wrong direction there uh, I, that's why I don't get into versus a lot I get into which one fulfills your need right. Um, so when you talk to web developers, they're always coming out with all these claims of how React Native is the best thing, you know, after a slice of bread and everything else is just nonsense, especially, you know, uh, Xamarin because it's, you know, it's old and it's this and that and the other. Yeah. Um, I, I also... Well, we're, we're in a similar situation. So where <laughs> I work, uh, we, we also don't have our own products, we all do things for other companies. And oftentimes mm-hmm. these companies will then take over the app at some point or, um, um, well, it, it, it just becomes their code at, at some point. Mm-hmm. And um, I see that at the beginning, it's often, th- there's a lot, like a lot of prejudice. Uh, people will, will say we need native app because it has to run fast or something like that, or, or they, they, mm-hmm. they've got their, their mindset. It has to be this way. Uh, even if they don't fully understand what the alternatives are, or like they, for example, they, uh, they had a bad, bad experience with Cordova. Therefore it has to be native and native now, you know? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> maybe you've experienced this before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's not necessarily the case. And what we, like to do is that we we sit down for like a day workshop with a customer and we we create a decision matrix and and let fill it in with the customer t- together with the customer well we understand we explain that the different technologies that are possible for what what they want to achieve and then we we just go through the different uh, 
categories like uh, uh, training would be one of them or know-how um, interaction with device capabilities, things like that. I mean, there, there's a whole mm-hmm. list. You, there, there are papers online with, with the, these categories. And, uh, and, and, but we try to let the customer basically fill in the values and, and also the weight, how much, uh, how important these features are for them. And, and quite often we end up uh, at, at like the Xamarin solution from an objective standpoint, you know, without all that prejudice that we had at the beginning. And uh, I, I found that quite interesting that, that, um, that in, in, I'm, I'm trying to be really neutral in these workshops. I know I'm a, I'm a Xamarin guy and I haven't worked in all of these technologies, but from a high level, I understand what, what they are, what, what they can do or what they can't do. Like we, we have, uh, one example is uh, the customer has this requirement. It has to look exactly pixel perfect, the same on each platform. And, uh, if if we if we say oh let let's go Xamarin uh, that would probably be a bad choice and native native would probably also be a bad choice and maybe Flutter would be a good choice for that or Cordova or something like that yeah it, it's it's uh, I like these these kinds of workshops because it is it, really eye opening and and as it, it it you don't have to convince anyone afterwards because we all came up with a solution right. Yeah, and and a couple of things you mentioned there that I will I'll touch on. First is, I think I had one customer where they had a really robust uh, iOS development shop at some point, and they built a lot of their internal libraries in Swift and Objective C, and then they kind of started to create Swift packages out of it. So mm-hmm. when we when we talked to them, I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna sell them on anything outside of iOS because they already have it, right? And yeah. they came to us. They said, "Well, yeah, we are, we do a lot of business domain work in in like you know one Swift because we've been doing it, but now we want to expand to Android. But we want to like reuse what we already have built. So we we don't want you to rebuild our you know like our IP so to speak, uh, like rewrite that and then have two packages of calculation and everything else. And we want you to work with what we have already. And this is the front end. I'm not talking about you know back end and all these. Yeah. So." We say, well, that's actually a very good candidate for your native apps because, yes, we can do assembly binding and, you know, we can wrap your custom uh, code into C-sharp, couldn't go from there. But the amount of work they had just didn't make sense to start wrapping their libraries one by one uh, Mm. and then, you know, introducing another layer of complexity and, like, introduce more bugs or whatnot. So that's one That's one exception I can think in my head that I remember for that particular customer where it was like, yeah, you just stick to native. Uh, yeah. You guys, you guys been native. You don't see, you know, going far, you can, you can do that. So that was one. And the second thing, the Cordova thing, right? So I, I'm sure some of, uh, I don't know, I don't know the number, but I, I, some of your listeners will, will say, yeah, I don't deal with Cordova or PhoneGap or Ionic, right? Because, or Sencha, for those of you who remember, uh, because mm-hmm. they're not really mobile. They are just wrappers to your, you know, web code or web-based applications. And that's exactly what I thought, right? I, I don't play with these platforms. I just don't indulge uh, because I just don't want to do it, right? 
Hmm. But but then you may say that then why do they still exist, right? Why is Ionic still a thing? Like you know what's going on? Like who who's building apps in Ionic today? So um, one of one of our uh, we had a like one of my managers in my current company. I was talking to him about mobile stuff and and all, and then he's like, "Yeah, I have this customer, and then they're on Ionic, and I think that's a good choice for them." And I was like, "Why? Like why would you why would you wrap something and then call it a mobile app?" He's like, no, 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 but you know, Ionic has now APIs and it can do more, you know, hardware things. And then it turns out that, so in my current role as a head of technology, a lot of times when we are dealing with customers, we're dealing with larger customers and they bring us on for like assessment and recommendations and all these things. And part of part of my role is to look at some of these things called low code, no code platforms or solutions. So these are, if you think about them, these are like uh, half-baked existing solutions, and they allow you to drag and drop, uh, drag and drop controls onto a screen to make you quote unquote a mobile app, right? Yeah. So yep. if you think about it, it's very powerful from the user's perspective. Like, oh, I can build my own app. That is so cool. I don't need a developer and designer and all these things. And they are only building what what we in the industry call line of business apps, right? Like ugly forms looking app or whatnot. But these platforms are getting really good at at this, so they they do really, really nice demos to the customers. And so I, I've been assessing some of these, right? Uh, and some of these are actually pretty nice. I, I will give them that they have done a lot of work to make the mobile experience a little like more less like you know functional and a little bit more useful. Uh, and what they have done is, I mean, useful along with being functional. That is that. They use technologies like Ionic to make that happen, right? So they are building integrations. They are building a JavaScript library that allows them to click and drag and you know rearrange things and connect them to data sources and all that stuff. And then they're using that code to push it out to web and mobile and you know all these kind of things. So <clears throat> for these kind of products, they, they're not going to go out of their way and build an iOS and an Android wrapper to take their web code and turn it into a mobile app. So a lot of these uh, vendors are still using technologies like Cordova, like Ionic, you know, like these things to take their existing web code that they know works perfectly well and then just have a version of that in mobile. They call it native apps, which is funny. They always call it, it's, an, it's not a mobile website, it's a native app. And that app is actually just Ionic, right? But for for the reason they're using it for, it works just fine. So when, when I see that, I'm like, that's why these technologies are still around, <laughs> right? Because yeah. we, we mobile developers look at like frown upon, you know, frown upon technology that wrap things into another things, but we love abstraction. We love, you know, cross-platform, but we just don't want to mm. go too far to wrapping a web and calling it a mobile app. But there's a reason that these things still exist and they're still in, you know, and running. And I, for one, like, you know, frown a little less on them now. Not that I'm going to like, you know, drop native and start working on these, but I'm just not going to hit on them as much as I used to. <laughs> Let me just say that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, I, I mean, we, we do... We do all these technologies, and uh, there's no 
best technology out there. And um, if if you if you approach it that way, then you come up with the the best solution for whatever is whatever is the problem. Absolutely. If and if not, then you are just you know in a in a contest with the with client's internal team, and and you'll never win, right? So you will just come off as that like like that arrogant person who doesn't know much. So all we know is is Xamarin. So all I'm gonna push is Xamarin. So that's that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is your your day job, uh, working with these customers and these technologies, and you it it fascinates you so much that you you spend your spare time and and give back to the community. Also, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. So the the day job is you know uh, going from system to system. It's it's a little broader now. It used to be very mobile specific, but now it's more, a little bit more broader. So I'm working with cloud. I'm working with the solution architect as a solution architect a lot. So I'm working mm-hmm. with the, uh, uh, like, you know, architecting solutions and improvements and doing assessments and finding gaps and moving customers from cloud to cloud, or a lot of time just, just bringing them onto Azure for, for a lot of these things. Cause we do have uh, some AWS work, but we, we being a Microsoft shop, we, bring a lot of customers to Azure. So I'm doing more broader thing where mobile is still maybe the entry point to the system. But, yep. you know, it's like that. Like So my scope has like kind of grown beyond beyond the mobile part. And, and now um, what I've also seen is, and, and some of us, like, you know, some, some of you may, or some of you, your listeners probably will connect to this is, when I was doing a lot of mobile stuff back in 20, you know, 14, 13, even 15, um, I was in a consulting role. So we did everything, right? So we did um, desktop apps, WPF apps, WinForms app. I've done quite a few of those. Uh, mm-hmm. And then web apps, right? And then when I say web apps, uh, I work mostly on ASP.NET and ASP.NET MVC stuff. So <clears throat> when I had um, sometime, like, you know, when we have these meetings you hear people say oh so so you are working on mobile right so like why why mobile it's like it's such a small part of the whole solution like you know why are you like concentrate because you're you're good in desktop and web then why are you moving away and then going into mobile into a smaller segment so as a as a mobile developer right you don't want to hear that because uh, because to you you are expanding your horizon you are learning a new technology you are like moving towards a different you know, uh, mindset of uh, instead of being a desktop developer that, you know, only 50 people in the company may use or 100 people in the company may use that tool to mm-hmm. a mobile that will be like pretty much your whole workforce or or even, you know, your customers and all these things. So sometimes you, you may feel, well, like, am I doing it right? Should I really be, you know, going more into mobile? Uh, is that a good, maybe is that a bad decision? Like, should I not be doing mobile? Like, am I kind of, you know, from a career perspective, am I like blocking myself, right? So I I took that feedback uh, and I said, well, you know, to me, it's more important to be ahead of, you know, the customers because if your front end is not good enough, your back end wouldn't matter, <laughs> So I I can build you a really robust backend with, you know, all sorts of microservices and redundancies and like, you know, all these cool things. But if your front end experience, you know, 
is terrible, no one's going to use your solution. And, and if you are building it for customers or for like employees, they will use it, but they will hate it. Right. And then, you know, what's yeah. the point of building something that, you know, people will hate. So I, I didn't let that feedback, you know, cause me more of like, you know, a stress or like, yeah, maybe I'm making a wrong career move because at the end of the day, the entry point to any system is is going to be some sort of a, a mobile front end. It could be mobile app, it could be a tablet, it could be, you know, in, in, in Microsoft mobile, quote-unquote mobile term, it could be a UWP app on a desktop or on a workstation in the field, right? Right, right, so yeah. Something has to be uh, triggered in the solution for it to work, and, and a lot of times you will find that it, it's the mobile experience that does it. So... I had a passion around it. I stuck to it and it, it has worked, you know, like great for me. And one thing that I, um, I, I forgot to mention in the previous conversation was JavaScript, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, um, including myself, like don't like JavaScript. See, I did not use the word hate. I just said, <laughs> don't like JavaScript or like, you know, don't want to work in it. Kind of like Objective-C. That, hey, I'm sure it's great, but it's not for me. I'm more of a, you know, .NET, OOP kind of guy. So I I avoided React Native for the same reason. I was like, well, I don't want to learn a whole thing to run uh, to run an app that depends on a browser, right, at the end of the day. So yeah. I kind of put it in that box with Sencha and, and Cordova and everything else, which, of course, I was wrong. Uh, but in my current role, I had to... Support a React Native app for for a few months, and I was just I was just amazed. I was like, "Wow!" As much as I hate it, this is very cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I started to like I had to add some new features to it, and and I started to like how it was all reactive and like you know it was all like you know on the go and and learning JavaScript and then getting all these things done. It was all functional programming all over again. So it was a lot of fun, right? So I, st- I stopped dissing on JavaScript for mobile app uh, mm-hmm. after that. So I, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, you know, you will not hear me do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so that's a big thing. If you are a, a .NET developer who happens to come across Xamarin and love it, uh, don't discount React Native you know, because no matter, like, you know, what we think about it, it still is a is a major player and a lot of times I've noticed or I know um, we kind of got talked out of Xamarin conversations because the team that's building the web app for the client is can easily extend that to a mobile app using the same skill set. So a lot of times we had clients that said, well, I'm paying this whole team to build my JavaScript, you know, uh, JavaScript uh, solution with Node.js running Nest or Express using React Native, uh, sorry, React for the web, then why do I have this one small team doing Xamarin, right? Might as mm-hmm. well let them do the whole thing. So that that kind of like, you know, also helped me understand that, you know, it's it's beyond a technology. It should never be about technology. It should be about solving this, solving the issue. So definitely look into that as well. Uh, if, you're, if you're one of those people who, who don't like JavaScript. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you you have seen that. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, people are religious. Uh, <laughs> I've had a Xamarin talk at a at an uh, Apple iOS conference, 
and that did not go so well uh, <laughs> because of, of these reasons. And I was there. I was that. What I was trying to get across was: here is this technology that will let you use what you already know, like all the APIs. I'm, I was talking about Xamarin Native. Uh, use all the APIs. It, it's uh, you can use anything that you can use with with Swift, but you can also have you have, have the whole .NET framework, and you can use that knowledge again to to uh, reach another platform. And uh, yeah, people, um, um, yeah, it, it was it was not nice on Twitter afterwards. It was. Um, <laughs> um, it, they were thinking it was a Microsoft um, page show or something like that, and uh, when when that was not what what I had in mind, actually, I was I was trying to just show them that that there's something else. <laughs> but yeah, I, no. I I think one of the stigmas I've noticed is people hear the word Microsoft and they're like, oh, what technology are they going to kill now, right? Now that's not that's not I mean that's not something that is true to any single company. Every every company tries things and like you know discounts them and it's not done. Even Google does it, right? But yeah. there's something about you know Microsoft being the being the being the man. Right? Everybody's like, oh no no no, we don't want to deal with Microsoft. We are open source. <laughs> so. Maybe so, that's changed a little. I hope. Yeah, I, I hope you know that's changing given what's what's been happening with Microsoft in the last at least two mm. years, right? Yeah. And you'll be surprised that uh, Flutter community it's is the same way. So, you, like, part of what I do now is I also looked at Flutter because I really like the you know that whole drawing thing on the screen without having to worry about a lot of things. Like, at mm-hmm. first, it kind of gave me you know those old. Uh, uh, like nostalgia about all those frameworks that I don't like, like Sencha and everything else where they're just drawing things. Mm. But this wasn't like that kind of drawing. It was actually drawing on a canvas. So I caught my interest. I actually did some work in it. I uh, went to the, um, I went to a few events. So I actually host, a, so I, in Houston, I'm the organizer for the Flutter meetup and I'm co-organizer oh. for the Xamarin meetup group. Oh, cool. So I do <laughs> both, right? Mm-hmm. Um so, so in Flutter, I find a lot of React Native developers moving to Flutter because they feel it is very close to their, you know, skill set. It's very close to their, um, like, state management deals where going into a Xamarin. Now, Maui could change things, definitely. Mm-hmm. But for now, the way things are, they feel they can easily transfer their skills over to, say, Flutter and learn Dart rather than going into a .NET thing and then trying to learn everything from scratch. And some of this, some of these misconceptions, some of these, you know, uh, hate, if I can use the word, towards, you know, non-JavaScript-based tech is the same in Flutter community as well, where I hear, well, Flutter is better than everything else because X, Y, Z. (laughs) And I'm like, that's the same thing I hear about React Native, but okay, right? So that kind of carries into people's mind that whatever they're good at, they feel that that's all they need to know. So anything new, if they're not into it, it'll just scare them and they'll just find a way to find bad things in it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's 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 been interesting in in my yeah. experience where people are asking me, hey, I'm getting into mobile. Should I learn Xamarin or should I learn Flutter? 
and <laughs> and I usually start with, well, what do you do? What do you know now, right? And then mm-hmm. based on what they know, I tell them, well, since you know JavaScript, this is what your uh, path may look like. Uh, but if you are coming from .NET, this it could this is how it could look like. But please never put yourself in a box to say I'm a JavaScript developer and JavaScript developer only, versus mm-hmm. I'm a you know .NET developer and .NET developer only because it's been working out for me for last you know thirty years or whatever. Well, if you if yeah. you have thirty years, then you're not talking to me, of course. <laughs> but you know, three years since college or whatnot. Right. So. Well, but that's really impressive, all the, those technologies that you've actually worked in all of them. What do you think is, is on your horizon? What are you up to next? So um, what currently I'm working on is, uh, besides the design thing, one thing I'm looking forward to is Maui's. So I don't have enough time to play with it yet, but I do want to play with it. But I keep gravitating back towards Android so I'm playing more and more with Kotlin. Mm-hmm. Um, and in between, when I get some chance, I play with Dart. So I stream. Um, I, I've been I've been slipping on my schedule, but I try to stream every Sundays on Flutter and then Thursdays on Xamarin. And okay. what I'm seeing happening, um, to me at least, is is I'm not I'm not getting away from Xamarin um, anytime I, that I like you know anytime. Uh, in the near future, or at least what I'm looking at, I will continue to be part of the, the Xamarin community because I'm still working in it. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also looking at Flutter, not as a competitor, but as an as an extra option, right? Um, mm. So, what I'm doing now, uh, besides the besides like the OSS stuff, is to try to do more content creation, try to do uh, stream a little bit more. Uh, I'm I've I have people reaching out to me who are new developers and saying, hey, how do I get started uh, with Xamarin? So I'm like, yeah, so there are a bunch of resources, you know, start with Xamarin, you know, the, the official documentation. There are a lot of videos. I mean, I'm, there's nothing I can tell you that's not already been said or done and it's not on the screen, but I still need that everybody has a different style. And when people ask me, they're like, okay, like, you know, how do I get started? And I, if I point them out to somewhere else, and they come back and they say, well, I looked at that, but it was kind of, you know, uh, high level. Is there a lower level? Or like, you know, sometimes they ask me, uh, like, you know, pretty much for a for a hello world, like one-on-one course on these meetups. And that tells me like that even though there's a lot of content, people are still like hesitant, right? So my, a lot of time my focus is for them to just try it out, right? So... Me personally, the role I'm in right now, like I mentioned, it's beyond mobile. So I'm doing a lot of things. Um, I'm actually working on my some of my cloud certification because uh, I'm working in cloud so much. I, all I need is to take a test and get some of those things out of the way. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to work more and more in the uh, AI, where I'm, we're actually currently working for a few customers of ours who are like looking at that. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm big on IoT and AI stuff. So I, I've been trying to build uh, or find some time actually to build something where I can uh, build some IoT projects with my kids, especially because uh, one of them is into into Scratch, <laughs> pretty good. So I think he's he's ready to see more and more. But um, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, that's what I'm getting into next in the near future, at least in 2021. 
to yeah. see how things go is is still mobile work, uh, working more in Kotlin. Um, if I had to prioritize them, you know, they will be the the top three will still be Xamarin, Flutter, and and Kotlin at this point. Okay. Um, and yeah, and then from from OSS, um, I mean, part, I think part of the reason we are talking right now <laughs> is because you know. I'm I'm very passionate about OSS, right? I've right, used right. I, I've used the like Scott Hanselman say like you know I'm standing off of giant's shoulders, right? So I've learned and I've I've consumed and I've done so much from the OSS community that wherever I can, I try to leave a mark, right? So I try to leave something where if I'm doing a OSS contribution, if I'm doing a stream, if I'm doing a blog, if I'm organizing meetups, if I'm speaking at conferences, or if I'm just doing, you know, coaching people who reach out on Twitter, anything that I can do that may point someone in, in a in the right direction like people did for me, that's like, you know, that's that's all I need. That's all I that's all I'm trying to do with OSS. So that's that's always gonna be there. Right. Sometimes you know, like everyone goes through ups and downs. So you kind of disappear from the social scene for a little bit, then you come back. So that's I mean that's my passion as well. And and you'll probably keep seeing me around the community doing these things for for a long time to come, I hope. I'm sure. I'm not worried that you're, you'll be getting bored or anything in the near future. <laughs> There's a so lot ma- to So be many <laughs> things. Wow. <laughs> well, that, that, was, that was so interesting. Thank you, Hussein. Um, so uh, I, I look forward to seeing what, what you're going to do next and, and seeing you in the community again. And, yeah. So. Absolutely, yeah. So th- thank you very much for having me and and letting me like blabber for so long. It was, <laughs> that was, was good. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was, taking, it was good talking to you again. Taking us all on the journey. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. I I hope like you know people people heard something like they've heard before, and then like you know hopefully people see that they're not the only ones who have to go and have these crazy conversations. Uh, I'm having those conversations at all level of enterprise, you know, from uh, from government to nuclear to like, you know, some some boutique shop around the corner who just happened to come across a lot of money. <laughs> mm-hmm. So <laughs> just just keep doing what you're doing. You're you're doing fine, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks again. Thank you very much for having me. This was a lot of fun. This has been another episode of Dev Talk, and we'll see each other again in two weeks. Bye bye. Thank you.